This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here. Carter has joined me as well, and thank you for joining us for this Virginia Tech recap episode. Listen, it wasn't pretty, but guess what? Clemson is headed to Charlotte for their sixth consecutive ACC championship. That's a lot of ACC championships. Yeah, that's a lot more opportunities than most teams have. That's for sure. They've definitely dominated this past century, I would say. (laughs) That's for sure. And listen, this is unprecedented at the Power 5 level because Clemson is the first Power 5 team to ever reach six consecutive conference uh, championship games. I mean, how you can't get any more impressive than that. Yeah. Even more than Alabama. That's that that is really impressive. Well, considering Alabama didn't make it to their own championship game last year, that would uh That's true. Yeah. That streak was <laughs> that streak was broken, unfortunately, for them. But hey, another cool uh stat as well is that Trevor Lawrence now has more or excuse me, has a victory over every ACC team uh in the conference. That's pretty cool. The last one that he needed was over Virginia Tech. So thanks for the ACC for scheduling that final regular season game over Virginia Tech so that he can... (laughs) (laughs) Just for that reason. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And he actually has a perfect record against all of them because he's 33-1 and as a starter. He has a perfect record in the regular season, and uh, that officially makes him the winningest quarterback in Clemson history. How about that? Like dumb apples. (laughs) I like him a lot, to tell you the truth. I think you do, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's been fun watching. I hate to see it end after this year. Well, you never know. I mean, he's left the door open, right? He could be back. Well, it depends how much he hates the Jets. That's true. Although, as we speak right now, oh, I have to check the score, actually. The Jets were winning. So, I think, I don't know how many more games they'd have to win to make sure that they didn't get the first spot in the draft, but... Uh, you never know. Things could happen. I'm just kidding. He's obviously going to leave, even if it is the Jets. I did see something. I saw a tweet out there. Yeah, the Jets are losing now, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> so this is all a moot point. I'm sorry to drag people down in this because they're going to be listening to this on Monday anyway, so it won't matter. But he's leaving. Okay. Can we all agree on that? I think so. It'd be stupid not to. Exactly. All right, I want to I want to ask you a question after this game. We're going to get into all of our pivotal plays and top takeaways from really what was a ridiculous and the best I've been racking my brain for the best adjective to describe this game and uh drunk I think was the best word that I could come up with cuz it was just silly and drunk and crazy and dumb. It was just dumb. But after that game, do you feel better or worse? Uh, about the rematch with Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. Yeah, I think that was a good way to describe it. Honestly, after that game, I do not feel better. I think a great way to just, des- my my way to describe it, and I think just the season in general is just very inconsistent. It It didn't seem like a very dominating performance again. Like, you look at the score, then obviously it looks like it was domination. But again, watching it, it's just like, what is going on? Why are we not playing better? It just doesn't look like it doesn't flow very well. And it's just inconsistent. And so after, honestly, after that game, I do not feel better because Notre Dame definitely took care of business against Syracuse. And here we go again, heading into the next week, 
hoping that we'll be better. But again, that's all we're basing off of is that hoping and we know that we can be better, but they just have to prove it finally. Between injuries and like you said, it was kind of like a helter skelter type of feel. It was like one step forward, two steps back. Actually, thankfully, another way to describe it would be that Clemson would take two steps forward and one step back. And Virginia Tech was taking one step forward and two steps back. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually Clemson outpaced them. And it is funny when, you know, we talk about a game where they won by 35 points and covered again this season like they always do. Uh, it, it's funny to think that we weren't impressed with this game again because I don't know. It just like you said, it, it's a tough game to describe. But well, we'll do that pass, here. Well, excuse me. They pass the like stats like. The stats don't look too bad. Trevor Lawrence, obviously, stats don't look amazing. But team stats, they look good. But to the eye test, they don't look very good. And that's what I base a lot off of is just what I watch. And it they just don't look like what they should be at you, right now. You just have a feel. You got a feel. Exactly, yeah. You can't explain it. Just watching, it's like, no, I just have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. And there are a lot of factor, mitigating factors. It was cold. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they weren't up for the, you know, the energy wasn't quite as high. And listen, Notre Dame didn't, in the end, they did beat Syracuse and they beat them handily. But it was sort of the same thing where Syracuse was hanging around in the first half. And so I think in a lot of ways this week for many teams was let's just get through it. And then all of our goals for this season begin in earnest in the upcoming weeks. And so I felt that a little bit about Clemson, but listen, well, we've, we've hopped right into this. This was supposed to be the intro or we weren't even supposed to talk, you know, get this deep. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this game and the takeaways. And again, the uh, pivotal plays from this game. After that, we will be joined by a very special guest, Carter will at least in Carter's coach's corner you will be joined by the 100% totally real, definitely not fake, Coach Dabo Sweeney. I mean, how much better can we get? You can't get much better than that. And he is definitely my totally not fake best friend then, if you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> He's past oh, that's you That's a good up. way to put it. Oh, <laughs> bummer. Okay. <laughs> well, am I still first on the totally real? Uh, yes, you, you hold that position. List? Yes. And we'll have to wait till okay, someone good. real knocks you off for that. Okay, good, good. I'm sure that'll never happen. Okay, so we'll do that. And then after that, and finally, we will pass out our prestigious Tiger Kings and Carol Baskins of the week. Some of them for good reason, some of them for bad, uh, but we always have fun doing that. So I am looking forward to that. That's what's coming your way in this episode. Now, a couple of quick things real quick as well before we go into uh, our first segment here is that this week... We have what is probably my the most excited I've been heading into a week because, first of all, we have an awesome interview. And uh, Big Dave has big agreed. Dave, big Dave. Big Dave. Big Dave. Big Dave. Big Dave. Oh, yeah. Okay, keep going with that. Uh, just quietly. Keep it in the background while I describe what's happening big here. Dave. Big there we go. Dave, good, good. Keep big that up. Dave, As I said, Dave, Big, big Dave, Dave, Uwe Ungalale, will be joining us. Dave. Of course, this is DJ's dad, and uh, he's become somewhat of a uh, a celebrity on Clemson's campus and on social media. <laughs> Just so I'm excited. Son. He, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm sure they still love each other, though. So, you know, no love lost there. But listen, Big Dave's going to join us. I think um, we're working through the details right now. Uh, but I'm hoping that episode will come out on Friday. 
And uh, we will not have a typical preview episode because guess what? There's no game this Saturday. So that's, uh, that's big, right. Big Dave is going to be here instead. I think that'll be fun. And then second, this episode. Oh, I'm sinking this. I'm sinking this in there real smooth. Okay, this episode is brought to you by Fanatics. And I want to tell you a little bit of about Fanatics. It's pretty simple. They have the best selection of Clemson Tiger gear out there. And this week, they are running some awesome sales. Right now, they've got a 30% sale going on. And uh, I know the sales are only going to get better during this holiday season and during the Christmas season. So be sure to get out there. Go online right now um, to find the Tiger, the special Tiger in your life. Some new Clemson gear. I mean, I could use some. Carter, I hope... You know, I've sent you my Christmas list, and uh, it's full of Clemson gear. So I hope you're, you're I'm on looking that. at it right now, and I'm a, I'm looking right now. Oh, good. Okay. So for all of our listeners, the best way for you to shop at Fanatics is to click the link in this episode's show notes. You are listening to this episode most likely on either a podcast app or on our website. So just head into that app, look at our show notes, and there is a link to the Fanatics website which will give you access to all of those great deals. And of course, it'll help us if you buy through that link. So if you like us, we'd appreciate it if you do that. Okay, so this episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Be sure to check that out. Join us next week for Big Dave, and I'm hoping to get a couple of other interviews as well. So stick around for that. All right, let's go ahead and talk about this Virginia Tech game. As we said at the top, this game was punch drunk. And so there's lots to talk about today. Uh, and we already talked about a decent amount, but um, this game, I think, would have been different if a couple of plays had gone differently. And there were several big plays that stood out in my mind, and they were all kind of weird. First of all, Trevor Lawrence didn't play amazing, I'd, I'd say. Um he almost, threw two, he almost threw two more interceptions than he had in this game. He threw like a, a ball into triple team coverage. And uh, that was he was lucky not to get picked off. And then one that was literally in the defender's hands until he hit the ground. And so that was close. There's some really weird fumbles in this game, just like on handoffs. And uh, the Virginia Tech quarterback, uh, Brendan Hooker, was... I. I'm not sure what was going on with him in that game. No, uh, he definitely struggling. That's for sure. There looked like there was something else going on. Yeah, so a lot of people were concerned about him because after they finally pulled him for the game, he was over on the sideline and people were like, he was like shivering or he was shaking and people thought he was having a seizure. But after the game, they said that he was, he's fine, that he just couldn't, see, he couldn't seem to uh, get warm. So they took him back to the locker room and he was doing better after he got warm. Listen, I don't blame him. That's why I live here in South Carolina. And sometimes it's still a little too cold for me. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he's welcome to come down. You know, he could transfer to Miami or something. They'll need a quarterback <laughs> after the season. I was about to say, <laughs> so, you about to, I was about to say, if you're offering for Clemson, it's like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Uh, but maybe he could he could play mop-up duty if he wants. Listen, anyways, good for him. I, I, I wish I feel bad for him because it was a rough game for him. But all to say, you know, between uh, a seven-yard punt in this game to the sprinklers coming on to, <laughs> you know, a Hail Mary being completed but not for a touchdown. Like this game was just strange. And it, you know, Clemson is, I don't want to say lucky because this team is obviously better than the Hokies are, 
But in one sense, they're lucky that they were able to pull away in the second half and that the first half, you know, they even left up 17 to 10. Do you feel that way as well? I do. Yeah. Like with everything that you just said, it it just seemed like everything was falling in Clemson's direction. Now, a lot of it, they did force a decent amount of it, but it, it just felt like it just fell into Clemson's direction. They didn't really have to do a whole lot. And like, there's really no be- better way to describe it than what you said. It's just drunk. There was some of everything and there was lacking a decent amount from what we normally see from a Clemson victory. But it it was a very unusual win, but we'll still take it. That's right. I would I'd go so far to say that Clemson deserves the win, obviously, but Virginia Tech wa- also won the, the game in many ways by yeah. just being incompetent in several areas. So, uh, yeah, just a strange game. This It was the season low in the total number of plays, but at the same time, it was the season high in total yards per play. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't feel I, like I would it, not though. have guessed that. No, it no. did not feel like that at all. And uh, if you would, you know, if I had to bet this podcast on it like we did i forget what what did we bet this podcast on oh yeah that clemson would win right just outright yeah. so we're safe we're here today but if you had asked me if they were gonna you know that they were i kind of figured that they had the the season low in plays because virginia tech was on the field forever in that game yeah and they were holding th- every possession <laughs> yes and i expect notre dame sort of did a similar thing but uh, I think it's called like the sugar huddle is the way that they is described where they all wait you know they basically didn't get to the line of scrimmage until there were about 10 seconds left on the play clock and they just quickly uh, got lined up and and um, and hiked the ball and snapped the play before Clemson's defenders could adjust to the formation which I thought was uh, pretty smart by them I thought Virginia Tech actually had a good game plan going into it but all to say and that, that's just a strange aspect of it. Season low in play, season high in, yard, in uh, yards per play at 8.3. Just kind of funny. Um, another unusual thing that happened in this game was that Clemson was actually able to run the ball. <laughs> and they had only for the second time this season, they rushed for over 200 yards. They finished with 238 rushing yards. Which is funny about that, though, because I was looking at the stats and our leading rusher, which was ETN, only had 66 yards, though. So we spread the rushing out with multiple, multiple players. <laughs> yes, you could say that there were multiple, which is like the the buzz phrase these days about defenses and, and teams. They were multiple. They, had, they came at you in several diff- different areas. And this is a bit fluky because they had Darian Renter had that big run at the end of the game for 50 yards and so that obviously put them over the 200 yard mark but um hey we'll take it listen this it's been an uphill battle when it you know in the running game this season so we'll take it when we can get it but yeah it's it's crazy that this is actually the sixth straight game that trevor or uh, travis Etienne has not rushed for over 100 yards i mean coming into the season people would have looked at you crazy, you know, like you were crazy Yeah. if you told them that that was going to happen. But I don't know. It's Again, that's just another unusual thing to add to this season in this game. Okay, so for all of the unusualness that this game provided, there was one aspect that we need to discuss here that really isn't that unusual, unfortunately, for this season, and that's injuries. James Skowski played 
in the first possession on defense, but uh, he was on the sideline for the rest of the game because, and I quote, he couldn't warm his groin up. <laughs> that's right. He couldn't warm his groin up, so he couldn't play. I'll keep uh, that shut. Yeah, enter, you know, let's just, you're, you know, enter a Dabo's Love Shack line here. Uh, we'll just leave it there, though. Uh, unfortunately, a, a more serious on a more serious note. Well, and I should say that Skalski, you know, it was just soreness. So he should be he should be good to go, hopefully, against Notre Dame uh, with some more rest and maybe some more warmth. But uh, Jake Venables, unfortunately, uh, appears to have broke his arm. Um, so Clemson is really going to, you know, if if uh, Skalski is out, They've already been struggling in the depth department in the you know at the linebacker position. So this is kind of a kind of an issue, and I hate to see that for Jake because he was playing well um, in the mid you know in the stead of of uh, Skowski. And we'll talk a little bit later about uh, Levante uh, Levanta uh, Bentley. Excuse me, I really fumbled that around, but <laughs> Levanta Bentley uh, who really had a great game this game. Um, you know when he came and came in and and. Uh, you know, came in for these guys. So uh, the other person we should mention, obviously Frank Latson. I don't even know why we mention this every every week, but Frank Latson and Joseph Mangata <laughs> didn't play. So uh, yeah, no we'll be surprised there. if they play. Yeah. So we'll, how about this? We won't talk about them unless they do play because we should just automatically assume that they're not going to play. Or if they do play, uh, just catch a ball. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's sort of their job. So <laughs> we would expect that to happen. But listen, uh, EJ Williams, people were, Wondering about him because he played in the first half. He didn't really do anything, but he didn't play in the second half. Apparently, that wasn't due to anything injury-wise. So that's good news. But uh, they just wanted to get Spectre some some snaps in. So I I'm not sure what the reasoning is specifically for that. Um, that was the reasoning they gave us. So hopefully that means that they're expecting someone like Joseph Angata or Frank Latson to be back because I feel like EJ Williams could could have used those reps probably on the outside. But nah, we won't question the coaching on that, of course. Why would we do that? <laughs> uh, the other the other person who we didn't see much of in this game, any in this game, was Andrew Booth. And so again, we go um, another game without a full secondary, and uh, he didn't play because he he suffered a thigh bruise this week in practice. So uh, hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know what really December. sucks about this Clemson team is that the most consistent thing about this team is that they're going to get hurt. <laughs> Nothing to do with yeah. their play or anything. It's just that they're just very consistent now of people getting hurt, and you hate to see it because the potential there. I mean, you just hate to see them, especially with, I really hated it for Jake Venables because he has been playing really great this season and just uh, go out like that. It really sucks. Yeah, it does suck. I, I mean, knowing Jake though, he, he'll probably just come back with a, a huge wrap on his arm and then <laughs> go ahead and try to play, you know, massive cast so, and just laying people out yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he'll use it to his advantage somehow, but yeah, it kind of sucks. So hopefully these guys can be back um, so that when we play Notre Dame on December 19th in just a couple of short weeks, then we'll be at full capacity. So, okay, let's talk about some of the big plays and through those big plays, some of the top takeaways that we also have. So we could, 
talk individually about all of the big play, you know, the pivotal plays, like we like to say. But there were a bunch like they can all almost all the big plays in a lot of ways could go under the okay, well, that was weird or that was a strange thing that happened to this game. So we'll just put all the fumbles and all the almost interceptions and those sort of things into that category. And we'll just cherry pick a few of them out here uh, so that we can discuss some of our top uh, takeaways because of these plays. So the first one that I want to discuss is Darion Kendrick. First of all, good to have you back, DK. I hope you enjoyed your time in Dabo's Love Shack. We'll have to ask, <laughs> you know, Curry, you'll have to ask Dabo about those things. He might be back uh, in it after this week still. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he Again, here's another one of those things of, oh, terrible play, great play, all in the same play. And that mm-hmm. was the final play of the first half when uh, Virginia Tech was simply just throwing a Hail Mary up to see if they could get a few points. And DK... Uh, you know, gets both hands on the ball and doesn't catch it, but instead sort of bats it down. And of course, it landed in a Virginia Tech player's hands at the one yard line. So bad play by DK, but then great play by DK by keeping him out of the end zone. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, You know, again, that's just this game in a nutshell. So um, anyways, I thought I mean, that was a huge play because as we were discussing before, Clemson didn't exactly have a very good first half. And so we finally thought that like, listen, they, you know, they ran the clock down. They had a great drive to put a touchdown on the board to end the first half. And Virginia Tech isn't really a huge threat throwing the ball down the field. So you had to think, all right, we're safe. We're going into the second half with a 17 to 10 lead. It's safe. And then, of course, this happens. And if they had scored, I mean, this is who knows what would have happened, but you go into a half 17, 17, it's a whole different ball game, uh, which is a cliche to say, but plus the momentum. And then Mm -hmm. you just get, then at that point you get, you just get the weird feeling like, okay, are we supposed to lose this game now? You know, like maybe this just isn't, just isn't our game. And so I thought that was a big, a terrible and great play all at the same time and a big momentum swing as well. And of course this was sort of the, a catalyst to the start of a, a dominant second half by the defense who struggled here, you know, on and off in the first half. But uh, DK also had a scoop and score in the second half. And he uh, he took, I, you know, I tweeted out during that game. I was like, Darion Kendrick just took that ball back to his love shack. So <laughs> that Dabo. Darion Kendrick's love shack is the end zone. Good for him. So that, that was good to see. They, I mean, they forced three turnovers in this game. Um, which was, you know, a big deal. They continue to win in the turnover margin. They also forced Virginia Tech to play three quarterbacks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Part of that was Virginia Tech's quarterback's fault, and uh, part of that was because of the the Clemson defense. So, yeah, I mean, they really came out and dominated early. By the time early in the fourth quarter, I forget the exact point in the fourth quarter, but at very early in the fourth quarter, Virginia Tech had only run 19 plays in the second half for 26 yards that's what I call domination. So that's good to see. And one of the things that we talked about coming into this game was Virginia Tech's running game was pretty good. They led the ACC in rushing yards. They have a very, they had a very good running back. They still have a very good running back uh, who went eclipsed the 1000 yard mark for the season uh, this week against Clemson. But Overall, they really shut down the explosive running game. Um, On 45 attempts, Virginia Tech only had 131 yards, 
which totals up to 2.9 yards per attempt. So overall, a great... I think with that, though, is a good point that, I mean, half of Virginia Tech's running game was uh, out after the first possession when they exchanged quarterbacks because Hooker was, he had over, I think, close to 700 yards rushing on the season when they took him out. (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely two different types of quarterbacks, but yeah, that's a good point, too. Uh, But again, that was... It was just a weird game for him, unfortunately. The couple bobble snaps. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'll just say, listen, great job by the defense. And sort of on the offense as well, I guess. Let's talk about a little bit about the offense. So the other play that I wanted to talk about is Trevor Lawrence's pick in the end zone. Oh, my goodness. It was ugly. Okay. There's no other way to say it. I think I tweeted out wowie wow wow afterwards because it was just bad. I was like scratching my head like, what was that? And this was Trevor Lawrence's first interception in the red zone for his career. That's <laughs> um, ridiculous. Which, which is super impressive, obviously. Uh, and unfortunate that he had to break that, because, you know, after such a terrible throw. But um Trevor Lawrence and the offense was like, and this is this is why I sort of questioned the stat at first that really this was the you know the most yards per play that the Clemson offense has run all season because Trevor Lawrence did not have a Heisman winning type game. And he went 12 for 22 for 195 yards and a touchdown and an interception. I wouldn't even now, say granted, it was a good game for him. No. It was obviously a subpar game for him. He he did have a decent running game. He had a couple rushing touchdowns, which they needed in this game. And I'll be the first person to admit that they kind of needed it this game. So that's fine because I hate seeing him run. That's why I'm saying <laughs> that. But um, yeah, overall, my biggest takeaway is that Trevor Lawrence is not going to win the Heisman now because even if he comes out against Notre Dame and puts up five or six touchdowns, like he's just... he. He's too far behind. He's not going to win. He's not even close. No, no, it's not even close. So uh, we talked about coming into this game like we wanted to see the offense click. We wanted to see them. You know, this is it's funny. They always do the opposite of what we say. We're like, screw the run. Forget the run. They're like, here we go. Second, second, second game in a row, you know, of the season that we've had 200 rushing yards. (laughs) So, uh, of of course, uh, more rushing yards than passing yards. What do you know? But yeah, I mean. I'm a little disappointed by the way that this has turned out. And I think everyone at Clemson should should be like, obviously DJ has a shot during his career to win the Heisman because he's that type of player. But I really thought that Trevor Lawrence was going to win the Heisman this year. And it just, it seems natural that it would have been the, the, the cap and the icing on the cake of an amazing career. He's 33 and one for his career. I mean, good grief that at some point with that sort of record it seems like you would that's a Heisman winning resume and he hasn't had a terrible season and unfortunately I think most of it is because he was out for so long due to COVID and dang Florida State for canceling on us but he's also just not putting up the same numbers though as these other quarterbacks even when he does play yeah yeah I mean it's true any did anyone watch Mac Jones yesterday I mean holy cow what a game and Kyle Trask they put up a graphic during the Clemson game of you know the four Heisman front runners Kyle Trask Mac Jones Trevor Lawrence and who's the guy from BYU Zach 
something. Oh, I don't know. He's not and even in the race either. It's no. He, I said from the start, be. it's Kyle Trask's trophy. I mean, it's it's all his. <laughs> well, it should be, and because he has, they show the graphic, and he has like thirty eight passing touchdowns and the next closest person has 28 and he has more passing yards and by the way florida is like a top five team so it's not even mm-hmm. like there's some group of five team it, i don't know like I, uh, we could do a whole episode i think on how people should be voting for the heisman and how ridiculous it is sometimes but whatever well maybe we'll do that in the off season when we have a little bit more time so okay the last play that i wanted to point out and this was again this was another i don't we've got to find a better way to describe this i should have been more creative but it's just this game was just so weird so cornell powell we love the guy of course we were both wrong we expected him to hit over 150 yards this game he had 90 yards which not too bad and by the way i'm going to start calling him cp17 instead of uh chris paul you know cp3 <laughs> we like CP to give nicknames around here <laughs> saves that's us time r- that's right I, we haven't been able to use DJUBC much recently. So, um, you know, we got to throw nicknames in whenever we can. But listen, Cornell Powell, CP17, his <laughs> in the second half, when he had that dropped pass that was for an easy touchdown and then also had pass interference on it, um, that that one was tough to swallow. But then two plays later, it, on, the, on the same place on the field, you know, he scores a touchdown on a long play on a dime dropped by Trevor Lawrence. It was just like, what what could describe this game any better than Cornell Powell dropping a touchdown pass, getting a pass interference call on the exact same play, and then two plays later, I'm just going to run straight into the end zone on the exact same play. <laughs> describes the game completely, and also actually just overall season of Clemson so far. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. It does feel that way a little bit. So... Um, I, you know, I think that one's there that I wanted to talk about that play because I think, again, I think it describes this game overall, but also because Cornell Powell, like in a weird way has become their top receiving option yeah, over the like, last few weeks. Where was Amari Rogers that entire game? I think, I think he had like three receptions. Yeah, this was the first game in a long time that Amari Rogers was just absent. Yes, and, and three catches, and, thirty-two yards. Yeah, not not much going on there. And the other thing that I've been kind of scratching my scratching my head about a little bit was it seems like, and I'm not against these things, but it seems like the only time we see Amari Rogers in the passing game is on like swing passes or screen passes. Yeah, which. He's always picking up, you know, good good chunks of yards on those plays, but we also need him to be a downfield threat in addition to Cornell Powell, right? Exactly, yeah. That's what I I told you during the game. I was like, do we not throw the ball down the field anymore? It it felt like a whole bunch of swing passes and nothing was thrown down the field more than like five yards, except for like a couple of deep bombs to Powell. But like, what happened to our, what happened to Mari Rogers? He could go anywhere. And he was also our deep threat before Powell. And... Like this is what just describes the inconsistency of this team where these guys have amazing games and then they come back and have nothing or they don't even play or they're hurt and our weapons seem to change every single game and it feels like they're like trying to let everyone get playing time somewhat. It kind of feels that way <laughs> to where like you mentioned like EJ Williams, like he didn't really play. He had a good yeah. game last week. He was nowhere to be seen. Mario Rogers always has a good game. He was nowhere to be seen. Powell's been more consistent at least, 
But then Spectre comes into the game. Like, he, where has he been all season? And you have Galloway. <laughs> and all, Galloway made a nice one catch, but then never heard from him again throughout the game. So it's just Yeah, that's sort of what he's good for. Yeah. <laughs> he always gets that one big catch. But no, you're right. It's almost like, in a way, they've sacrificed consistency among a small group of players for getting experience for a, a large swath of the roster, which... I'm not against necessarily, but I just feel like this team isn't in a rhythm anymore. No, and exactly. Part of that, a lot of it is, you know, it's the injuries. Okay, let's first blame it on the injuries first and foremost. Trevor Lawrence was out for several games, not because of energy uh, injury, but because of COVID. <clears throat> Wide receivers injuries. Um, offensive line though has been inconsistent. That's part of it. But then, yeah, you're right. It's like. Okay, we're. I don't understand the thinking behind taking EJ Williams out of the game in order to give Spectre more snaps. Like it'd be great if we could give him more snaps, but I'm more concerned about getting EJ Williams the experience and the snaps. So I don't. Maybe they know something that we don't know, but that's that's an odd decision for me. That's true. Yeah, I think you're. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, it feels honestly, it feels like Can you tell that we're doing this virtually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it honestly feels like some like middle school, like basketball game where everyone has to get the same amount of playing time. It doesn't matter if like our best players are out there. It's just, oh, it's time for this guy to check in and play for a few minutes to make his parents happy type thing. I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't think that's what they're trying to do, but it feels like watching that. It's like, oh, EJ Williams got a couple of catches, got a touchdown. There you go. That's that's your quota for the next couple of games, and we'll we'll see you in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's definitely within this co- this staff's philosophy to give everyone time um, and snaps. And listen, it's served them very well. So I I don't want to complain against that. I'm just saying that at this point in the season, it's it's time to go make your money. Okay, so our best players need to be out on the field. And getting reps. And at this point, it's an unusual circumstance with like EJ Williams, where you wouldn't, you know, coming into the season, we didn't expect him to be so high on the roster uh, because of injuries. But that's happened. So give him playing time. He doesn't need rest. Give him playing time. All right. I think that about covers most of our takeaways from this game. So let's go ahead right now and head into Carter's Coach's Corner. boy oh boy oh boy if you're any fan of this show you know what time it is welcome to carter's coach's corner it has quickly again become one of our top rated segments of the show and our personal favorite at least my personal favorite so what we do here is we have typically dabble sweeney on the line here and we ask him the same questions that reporters ask but this time we cut through all the bull crap and all the fluff that you know the coach normally answers with and he gives us his honest opinion and we've learned that dabble sweeney has a mouth on him and that's what we love about him yeah that trevor likes that yeah so we have dabble sweeney again here on the line and we are going to ask him a few questions and we're always thankful and grateful for him to be on the line. So, Dabo, thank you again for taking the time for us. Hey, what's up, Carter? How about them Tigers? Yeah, it was great to see you guys get another W. It was uh, not the prettiest one I've seen, but what do you think of that, though? Well, 
tell you what, a win's a win, and uh, any chance we get to go into Blacksburg and crush Virginia Tech is a good, good day for us. So, listen, I just can't wait to steamroll Notre Dame next week, and then, of course, we got them Alabama on the horizon. So, I tell you what, I heard you had Bama Dan on a couple of weeks ago, too, and that guy was a... Uh, uh, we gotta keep this clean, right? I, uh, <laughs> we do, yeah. <laughs> Although he didn't. Be careful here. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Maybe you could just bleep me out. Now nah, I won't do that. This is a kid-friendly program, you know. Clemson is a family, after all. So, listen, I just can't wait for these playoffs, and and uh, really, that ACC schedule was just a preseason for us, anyways. So we just, you know, we're done and we're ready to go now. Yeah, it was great to see. Uh, you guys end the season the way you did. Now, we also saw the way you ended that game, and you sh- you got dunked with a bunch of Gatorade. Uh, tell me, how cold was that? Well, it was a little cold, and uh, although, I'll tell you what, okay, this is a little insight. I don't know if this is due personal or not, but this card's coach's corner. We do personal things here all the time. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, I am a bath guy in general, okay? <laughs> I always take baths. I don't own a shower. I had them replace all the showers in my mansion with baths. So, um, and here's the thing. The thing that I do every morning and every night is I take a bath, okay? And unlike most normal people, I guess, I take all my baths in Gatorade, okay? Because, listen, Gatorade is the drink of champions. And... Instead of just drinking it, I want my whole body to soak it up. And so I just sit, mostly in red Gatorade, but uh, also orange, orange Gatorade. Good for and, the skin. Uh, I guess they do make, what's that? It's good for the skin is what I've heard. Yes, yes. It's, it's very good on the skin. And so, but listen, it's just so refreshing. And so I want to say that was like a Gatorade shower for me instead of a bath. And uh, it was much chillier than I would normally take my Gatorade bath in, though. I like it nice and hot. And I like that Gatorade boiling on my body, you know. So, um, anyways, now you know. I just take Gatorade baths all the time. Well, good. Uh, I imagine you might be a little sticky after that, though, Coach. <laughs> well, that's the way Mrs. Mrs. Sweeney likes it. So, <laughs> you know, got to keep her happy. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just skip right past that. Now, after that win, we've got two weeks before the ACC championship game. Now, next week would be the week that uh, if we would have rescheduled against Florida State, we'd be playing them. Uh, You still... (laughs) Exactly. I guess you're answering my question already. So you're still confident on your decision to not reschedule the Florida State game? Well, first of all, I'm no longer saying that university's name. So that's the university that shall not be named. Uh, of course, I like to call them, you know, Steve Spurrier, who we're good friends now. We're very much alike. People don't know that about us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he called them Free Shoe University back in the day. I'm now calling them Forfeit State University. So um, <laughs> that's the only way that I will be describing them from here on out. Uh, so all to say, yeah, it's going to be a good week for us. You know, we got some injuries, and uh, it'll be good to have that week off. Uh, but also, they're lucky. I tell you what, they're so lucky. I was going to put up 250 points on Forfeit State University last, you know, next week we had to play. And, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, all to say, I'm trying to think of something nice to say. My mama used to say, don't say anything. Now, Dabo, William Christopher Sweeney is what she called me almost all the time. Was, Listen, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it, say it at all. And I've obviously been breaking that rule for the past couple of weeks because I've been hot 
under the collar about Forfeit State University. So, yeah, they're just pretty lucky that we didn't come in there and crush all of them because my goal, well, it's funny. I've got this weird tension right now. It's like I really want to see Mike Norvell get fired because he's the worst, obviously. <laughs> but also at the same time, Florida State sucks. Excuse me, forfeit state. I just broke my own rule. They suck. And so I'd like to see Mike Norvell there for years to come because as long as Wake Forest is better than, uh, you know, forfeit state university in the ACC, then we're doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do know what you'd mean. I, I don't want to see him fired either. That way it's an easy win for us every single year. <laughs> right i'm gonna go undercover to all their games from here on out and really drum up support for that man he's he's done wonders for that program (laughs) (laughs) i would really love to see that now uh we got another question for you here uh you mentioned last week about your love shack and how uh darion kendrick was in there now he had an interesting game to say the least uh he did have that return for a touchdown but then he also had that weird uh, at the end of the half, he was trying to intercept the ball, but he just batted it right down to the receiver's hands, but did make up for it by stopping him at the goal line. Uh, so tell us, what were you what was you, what were you thinking during that moment? I don't know if I can tell you what I was thinking in, in that exact moment. So for me, that play, well, here's another interesting fact about me. Whenever a football game starts, everything goes into slow motion for me. Everything is just slow motion. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that whole play, I was able to, you know, after he batted it down, first of all, I was like, hey, DK, yeah, nice interception. And then, of course, he got brick hands. That's why he, you know, we <laughs> we recruited him to play, uh, you know, play wide receiver here. That's why he doesn't play wide receiver. <laughs> you, you see, I'm not an idiot, okay? So that's why he plays defensive back. But And then, of course, he dropped it and went right into Blackshear's hands. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be in the love shack for the rest of this season because <laughs> I was afraid we were going to lose the game if they had scored on that play. But then he stood up like a real man, like a man who had spent way too much time in my love shack to begin with and, and had turned himself into a man. And uh, he, he, you know, he became a brick wall and kept him out of the end zone. So that was like a roller coaster for me. But... Yeah, listen, DK's in and out all the time. I, there's, I don't know what to say about him anymore. I mean, he had a pretty good game, and, and he told me after the game on the sidelines, he's like, hey, coach, yeah, I took the ball back to my love shack. And so, I don't know, after that, after that, you know, bad-mouthing about love shack, then he's probably going to have to spend some time in there. But, hey, Trevor, is Trevor there? Hey, Trevor, play my love shack music. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So this week in my love shack, there's a few people, okay? But first and foremost, most of you were probably thinking that Will Spires would be in my love shack, right? Because, you know, that seven-yard punt, need I say more? <laughs> but here's what I'm going to tell you. People, it's a, it's a case of stolen identity of Will Spires because here's what happened. B.T. Potter, of course... He stole Will Spire's helmet and his jersey in the middle of the game and went out there and punted that ball. Can you believe it? I mean, BT Potter. Kickers are just the worst. It's the only, you know, they just need all the attention on the special team. So he stole his Will Spire's jersey and, uh, you know, made him go back to the locker room. And in that time, we had to punt. And so that wasn't Will Spire's punting. It was BT Potter punting. 
And because of that, B.T. Potter is going to be spending some time in my love shack this week. And we're going to get him right because we're going to need him come playoff time to uh, not be punting, that's for sure. But only, only, only kicking the ball out of the end zone on uh, on kickoffs. So before you start trashing Will Spires, make sure that you trash B.T. Potter instead because that's really who it was. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll make sure not to... Uh be too hard on Will Spires then because I think what we were talking about is that uh, Will Spires, he's already playing out of position because we know he's the quarterback actually. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I mean, I was hoping nobody would notice that either, but uh, yeah, you caught me. All right, you're, you're a smart guy. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really, I'm going to blame that on Tony Elliott. It's his fault. <laughs> there we go, Will yeah. Spires out of position. <laughs> yes. Well, Coach, thank you again for taking the time for us. This is easily uh, those of us on the show's favorite segment, and we really appreciate the time that you take and be honest with us. Of course. It's my favorite time of the week. And listen, you got to get that Briley guy out of there because he takes up, he, he talks way too much, okay? You need some more segments that are just you instead of him, all right? Make no, that happen. No, that's no problem. Every time during, every time of the par- this part of the show, we always have him do some stupid thing. Right now, he's walking my dog, so. Well, good. That's about all he's good for. You know, maybe the dog should be walking him instead. <laughs> good point. Well, thanks again, Coach, and we'll talk to you next week. All righty. Sounds good. Go Tigers! All right. You heard it here first. Stick around, and we'll give you our Tiger Kings and Carol Baskins. Whew, I'm back. That was a... Uh... Your dog's crazy, man. Okay. I, I'm, <laughs> That's not, how we I'm never going to be you. walking your dog again. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, how was the interview with uh, with Coach? Uh, great as usual. We had uh, some interesting things for you. Uh, what do you think of uh, taking a Gatorade bath? Oh, man. Uh, you know, like at the end of games? No, I'm just talking a full-on, like, you know, getting clean bath time, you know, rubber ducky bath time type thing with uh with gatorade instead of water uh it sounds terrible first of all so what kind of idiot would ever think of doing that well you might be regretting that after you just said that but we'll just continue on then (laughs) okay all right let's go ahead and talk about our our uh our best you know tiger kings and carol baskins of the week are just a way for us to usually make fun of people and uh, to also honor some people who deserve the honor. So probably our first Carol Baskins of the week should be Carol Baskins because, I mean, I don't know if you heard or not, but one of the volunteers at her zoo uh, had their arm nearly ripped off by a tiger. So uh, prayers to that person, but all bad press for Carol Baskins this week. So why don't we go ahead and start with our <laughs> with our tiger king this week? What <laughs> do you got real things? Yeah, we're actually going to step out outside of Clemson Virginia Tech game a little bit here and uh, our first Tiger King actually is going to go to Coastal Carolina first off the Chanticleers exactly yeah we're going to give it to them just because they're in South Carolina we, we like we like Coastal Coastal Carolina we don't like the other South Carolina team you know who we're talking about but all credit oh, we'll get to them here in a second yeah exactly uh, all credit to them though for uh, scheduling this game against BYU and it turned out honestly to be one of the best games of the year it was a really exciting to watch at the end especially with the last play there um, and with that win they move into the top 10 now unfortunately I don't think it really means anything for them for the playoff I'm saying overall probably for next year I think this is helping the recruiting out a whole bunch 
Uh, but now it actually gives them more wins over ranked teams in Clemson, which <laughs> is rather surprising. <laughs> but then when you look back at Clemson's schedule, then you're like, oh, never mind, makes sense. <laughs> so they're going to be our first Tiger King of the week. All right, good for them. Yeah, I, I mean, Coastal Carolina is probably one of the best stories of this year, and uh, that was a fun game. In fact, I must admit that I was flipping over to that game a little bit while the Clemson game was going on. But uh, anyways, I hope you'll forgive me for that. All right, our first real Carol Baskin of the week is the other team in South Carolina, U of SC. USC Junior, the chickens, whatever you want to call them. The uh, game sucks. <laughs> I like USC I like Juniors. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Listen, uh, they were turned down by maybe the hottest coach in this coaching cycle, Billy Napier from Louis, uh, not Louisville, uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. And uh, he's, of course, a former Clemson coordinator who was fired by Dabba Sweeney. And so who better to take over U of SC than a former fired uh, Clemson coordinator. But what makes it, what makes them the Carol Baskin is that they were turned down or excuse me, Billy Napier turned them down for that job. He didn't want it. Why would he? I mean, Louisiana is probably a better job at this point anyways. So of course he didn't, he didn't take it. But then later that night, uh, they went ahead and announced that they had hired Shane Beamer, who, of all nights, it's ironic that he was hired that night because he's the former son of, excuse me, he's the current son, a former coach <laughs> for Virginia Tech, Frank Beamer, who Clemson crushed um, yesterday. Or when, when are we putting this out? Monday? Yeah, on Saturday. So uh, it's just funny that they were that they would hire, um, you know, the namesake of a team that Clemson would crush. So he's right. You know, he was formerly the offensive coach at Oklahoma. We'll see what happens. But here's what I'll tell you is that they're not going to get better and they're not going to beat Clemson next year. And in fact, listen, his expectations in the first year will be pretty simple for him because they've only won two games this year. So an improvement <laughs> would be three wins next year. Congratulations, Shane Beamer. Welcome to the spanking of your life over the next three years that you'll be the coach at USC before you get fired. Congrats. <laughs> Tell you what, I can never put anything past USC Jr. Uh, our second uh, <laughs> second Tiger King we're going to give out is uh, we're going to give it to Levante Bentley. Now, I was quite impressed with him on Saturday as, as we talked about earlier in the episode that we've had so many injuries at our linebacker position. And it's been nice to see some consistency with this come in. Actually, with a backup, come in and fill the position very well. That's exactly what Bentley did. He had a sack and a half, which honestly is quite impressive for just coming in for that game. And uh, let's just give him let's give him two sacks straight up. That's yeah, what he yeah. has in my stat sheet. He has two sacks. Okay, so let's just give it to him right here, right now. As you say, I I don't totally understand the half sack thing. I don't know how you get a half sack. Do you just is there like a certain amount of body has to be touching the quarterback when he yeah, goes down? Yeah, I mean, is that what it if is? If you're gonna pass out half sacks, then you might as well pass out quarter sacks, yeah. and three quarter sacks. Yeah. Guy holding onto the ankle of the quarterback. Oh, I got it! I got it! That's quarter sack. Put it on my stat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna give him a Tiger King because why not? All right, I like it. All right, our next Carol Baskin of this week is Virginia Tech's ground crew. <laughs> and what a day for them, okay? How how uh, attention-hungry do you need to be to 
quote unquote accidentally leave the sprinkler system on um accidentally of course so uh congrats to oh what was his name was it steve or frank or something like that who uh, the sideline reporter had uh who you know she interviewed it wasn't maria T- taylor interviewed this guy and uh he got his 10 seconds of glory his backside was on tv as they were trying to <laughs> fix the sprinkler system you know honestly so, the highlight uh, of the game if they would have just kept panning around to those two guys you would have had a unfriendly sight that's for sure <laughs> yes yes no plumber crack no plumbers crack thankfully so that, you know we escaped that but yeah i'm gonna definitely give it to them I, obviously i don't think they did it on purpose probably just a little oversight but either way you deserve for us you deserve a carol baskin if you forget to turn your sprinkler system off right before a game one quick thing that i do want to say they tweeted out uh the grounds crew did the virginia tech uh, grounds crew did that uh, cl- they, they tweeted out class act, act uh, to Clemson because they left the visiting team locker room super clean and in great shape after the game. So, And also, thanks for stacking the chairs we set up for your post-game meal. Wow. <laughs> All right. So follow-up question. Maybe they were just that. trying to make up for their mistake. Yeah, follow-up question. So does Virginia Tech Grounds Crew have their own Twitter account? They do. Really? Go ahead and find them. <laughs> Follow them at VT underscore grounds crew. <laughs> no way. Uh, oh, that's they great. have they have many more followers than we do on Twitter. So I guess we shouldn't make fun of them too well, much. Well, they just added a couple more because I'm following them right yes. now. <laughs> All right. I like the sound of that. All right. Who's the next Tiger King? All right. Our last Tiger King we've got. This one's a little bit more serious. Uh, we've got Darion Ranker, is that did I pronounce that correctly? No, not at all. No, Darian Wrencher. Wrencher. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know where. I'd... We'll just move on. As I was saying, this was supposed to be a little bit more serious. So first off, he had he only had one carry for fifty yards and a touchdown. But first off, that was impressive on its own. But actually, earlier in the week, he was awarded the Disney Spirit Award, which is uh, passed out to the most inspirational player. Uh, I'm assuming for the year. Um, but that was yes, pretty cool. To see. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see. And what are the odds of that happening? And then he comes in for one play and busts out a 50-yard touchdown. That was really cool to see. And uh, you always love to see that for those players. They don't get much playing time, but you know, like they're just really good dudes. And he seems like one of those guys. So we're gonna pass out our most prized possession of our one of our three Tiger Kings of the week. <laughs> That's right. The other way that we can show him our, our praise is by giving him a round of applause. So let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Actually, you probably can't because you're holding the mic in your hand. I am. Right, I was so. slapping my leg. Close enough. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. All right. Uh, our final Carol Baskin of the week is Carter Hughes for not being able to pronounce Darian Rancher's <laughs> name. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be Ian Book instead. And I hate to take a pot shot at Ian Book, except I don't hate to do that. I like to do it. But uh, it should probably this this should be directed more at the ABC or ESPN's producers. But what the heck? Why? What's with it, the stupid interview mid game? I mean, made I, no sense. I guess I've maybe never they seen expected. No, neither had I. I mean, I guess maybe they expected that Clemson would be blowing out Virginia Tech at this point, and so they were going to need something interesting to be going on. But it was so awkward because he was just sitting there and. 
Of course, the guys who are interviewing him still have to call the game. Uh huh. So yep. <laughs> there were several times that they were like calling the game and Ian Book is there on the screen like, okay, what's going on? And then my favorite points were when things were actually happening in the game and Ian Book is talking about something totally unrelated. And so, I mean, listen, Ian Book's a good looking dude. I'll give him that. But uh, I didn't want to see his mug on the tell, <laughs> you know, the... On, during the game this week. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks and we'll be sure to punch that face in. Okay, Ian? <laughs> Punchable face. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, take it how you want, but uh, that's the way that I would view it. So, uh, yes. Very good. <laughs> uh, all right. So those are our uh, Tiger Kings and Carol Baskins of the week. Always fun. Listen, this was a fun episode overall. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to join us on uh, hopefully Wednesday, I'm trying to pull together a couple of interviews for that um, to discuss some more Virginia Tech stuff and start heading into our Notre Dame ACC championship rematch preview content. So stick around for that. And don't forget, Big Dave. Give me the chant, Carter. Give me the chant. Big Dave. Big Dave. Big Dave is big coming, baby. Dave. You big won't want to miss that. Big Dave. Big Dave. Big Dave. All right. So stick around. Don't stick around for that. We're going to go ahead and leave, but come back for that. All right. Thanks for joining us. Until then, be good out there. Good bamboo. Be all in on the best Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review. 